has to make a stand. What has transpired is a full-scale attack on the body of Christ and on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church was never supposed to meet again. But I know that there's going to be another great spiritual awakening in America. And there's not a devil in hell that can stop it. You cannot stop the wave of the Holy Ghost. You cannot stop the church. And they shall rise up. They shall rise up. A prophesy they will rise up. We'll be standing for the Word of God tonight. We stand for signs and wonders and miracles. We stand for Pentecost. Every tribe and tongue together as one. This is the hour of the church. Praise you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Everybody stand with me. Let's put our hands up in the air just so you know. What is going to change our country is not the Republicans. It's not the Democrats. It's going to be what we are going to, it's what we are going to receive in this room tonight, which is the power of God. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Let's receive his power. Everybody, hand in the air tonight. Lord, we come to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You are welcome in this place. We open up our arms, we open up our eyes, we open up our hearts, our souls, our minds, our bodies, our spirits. Lord, we open up to you right now. Holy Spirit of the living God, we ask you to dwell in this place. We want you, Lord God. We don't want people. We don't want places. We don't want things or political parties. Holy Spirit, we desire you, and you are welcome in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, and the church shouts, amen, and amen. Praise you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord the biggest shout of praise. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, we just thank you for your presence. Thank you for this great church. What you have done, Lord, we stand in awe. We say thank you. Thank you, Pastor Tom and Hope and the whole team here. And Lord, how you brought them and moved them into this place. Look at this building you've given to them. And this is only the beginning and we thank you for it. We thank you for it. I pray a special blessing upon every person here tonight. Let not one person leave you the same way they came. Cause the effect even of this meeting tonight to have far-reaching results even unto eternity. We covered them with you in advance to always give you all the glory, all the praise and the honor. For you alone are worthy to receive all glory and all honor and all praise. Holy Spirit, flood this place. Touch every person. 
from the top of the head to the soles of their feet. Saturate this place. Lord, do whatever you want to between now and the conclusion of this service. That people will leave this place changed, transformed, renewed, revived, empowered, graced, equipped. Lord, that tonight people be saved, healed, delivered, set free. Touched in every way. That, Lord, you'll even speak to people about the days ahead for themselves personally. You give them guidance. You show them exactly what to do. Nothing will come upon them unawares. They steps ahead of the enemy. If the enemy digs a ditch for them, he'll fall in it himself. And we thank you for it. Thank you that you're wreaking total havoc in the camp of the wicked right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They're turning on each other like a dog on its own tail. They're so confused, they don't even know which way to go. Whatever the plans are, they're failing. And we just thank you for your people. I pray a very special blessing on everyone here today. Let heaven come down and kiss everyone. And we thank you for it. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord the bigger shout. Well, I tell you, I feel at home being here tonight. And I want you to just say hi to two or three people. Tell them you love them. Jesus loves them. Find somebody sitting by themselves. say this together with me. Say, the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Say it again. I know this was pulled together just very quickly, probably a week's notice, and then everybody said there was this big storm coming, which, you know, uh, People would say, oh, there's a hurricane coming. I said, please. We, we, we live in Florida. What hurricane? There are days when the storm will just come out of nowhere. And we'll have 70 mile an hour winds. And was never even on the radar. So it's all the weather channel. People probably <laughs> went and bought toilet paper. Because, I mean, no, if there's a hurricane or a virus, toilet paper. (laughs) 
and uh, Pastor Tom, come up here. I know you greeted the people. Come. You know, I remember because I, I showed up here, uh, what you may be seeing, I mean, it was probably within a few weeks of you even getting the place. I walked through this place and I was just like blown away. I had to drive down to come see it, you know, because you never closed. And then you were, yeah, you never closed. And then you were faithful with that building. I don't know how you met in there for those many years. I mean, people were packed in there like sardines in a sardine can. And now look what the Lord has done for you. I mean, it's beautiful. So I know there are probably some visitors here and people watching online. But go ahead and just talk about the miracle of this place, how the Lord put it in your hands. Because I think it's one of the most outstanding things. Well, the, it all started with the, the man who just actually amen down here. We, uh, Jeff Tomas. Um, and he got, uh, that's who does our announcements every Sunday, Jeff. But we had heard rumor that this place could possibly uh, be, well, closing or up for sale or something. But so we, for literally for months, we tried to contact the church that was occupied, well, that owned this building. They wouldn't return our calls, emails, or anything else. And what happened was they were selling the land around here. So we got a hold of their realtor with another realtor and then finally got a hold of them. And that's where, that's, that's how it began as far as just the, the rudimentary buying and selling of, of this building. But the spiritual stuff is really all that matters. And that's, that's really how it began. And, a lot of you know this already, but I literally don't mind telling it 500 times. So if you've heard it already, if it's 27, 28, 29, I don't care. It doesn't matter. But how it works is this? And I just was actually testifying this. Pastor Jonathan Shuttlesworth is preaching south of here, two hours south of here in Naples. And I was down and I spoke briefly at his service on Wednesday night. And I told you this on Sunday morning. If you really want things to change, you have to do what's uncomfortable for you. Most of us, we, our entire life, we're like, Jesus is transforming me, Jesus is doing this, but really, if you look at the fruit, you're known by your. So if the fruit isn't there, there is no transformation occurring. So if you really want things to change, you hear me talk a lot of times about, are your kids lost? Lots of Christian people. You're like, Tom, we're tired of you beating this dead horse, but it's dead anyway, so I might as well just keep beating it. <laughs> so if you want your kids to be saved and they're not, something went wrong inside your house because if you train them up in the way that they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. Train them up in the, tra in the training and admonition of the Lord. If you want them back, you're going to have to change something. Well, if you're me and you've pastored a church for 16 years and youth pastored for two years before that, and for 16 years, you stay at 150 to 250 people, vacillating back and forth. And you know, you reach 201, you're like, How, hey, we're growing. Yeah, but you were at 201 seven years ago. Yeah, but we went back down to 140. You know how I run people off. I'm leading the nation in people walking out the back doors. 
So you can, you know, you're like, what am I doing? So here, here's the thing. So I did the I did the video that went viral, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views because Pastor you know, Ronnie put it on his. And let me tell you, I've never had anybody defend me in all the years. Seriously, when when somebody somebody said it to me, like I get arrested, you know, and and so I'm at home. Somebody said you got to see this. They said it to me. I'm watching. I said, who is that man? <laughs> I said, somehow I'm going to get hold of him. I don't know how, you know. I was like, I played it, but I probably watched it three times. I thought, anyway. It was, so I went out and I did that, I did the video, and people think, you know, you're trying to get in with a big name ministry or whatever. I, I was scared to death of the River Church. Scared to death of Pastor Rodney, no, no, Pastor Adonica. I knew when I was watching, I knew you weren't a fan. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, I knew. I knew. No, I knew. I knew. He probably didn't like me. He, he wasn't a fan. But he realized that what had happened was totally wrong. And he came to my defense, which that's rare because most of the people that don't like you, they just throw you under the bus. And so then, then I knew you were a good man, even though you had questions, you know, yeah. which everybody has questions. I mean, I have questions about myself, but anyway, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I was like, you know, people think that. And sometimes even when I'm around the river, I can tell people think, did he like weasel his way in there? I'm like, no. I used, to, I have spent my whole adult life driving from Inglewood, Florida to Orlando. I went to Police Academy Orlando, college at UCF. I spent, and I used to drive by the River Church and go, I'm so glad I don't go there. These <laughs> people, I, I know they're real, I know they love Jesus, I know they're heaven bound, but they're weird and I'm not going anywhere near them. <laughs> That's literally what I thought. I'd seen maybe, Pat, I knew who Rodney Howard Brown was, seen a few clips here and there, and I got my opinions through other Christians, not through my own experiences. Key point, because I was around. I was, I was just out of the police academy when they were preaching at the Carpenter's Home Church. I should have gotten my chubby butt there. But anyway, here's the thing. So I, I did, you know, I did the video, and, and this is what I told you last Sunday. Pastor Rodney called me, and we, we started to communicate, and I'm like, and this is going to shock some of you. I'm not the world's easiest person, A, to get along with, B, and worst of all, pastor. So I, there's now something had to change, right? As I was doing the same thing for 16 years and the church vacillated back and forth, back and forth to the place where I never thought of it cognitively, but I don't even know if I would be in ministry any longer. I was losing interest in it. My wife was always goading me along and I was kicking against those goads. You need to do more, you need to do more. I just, it, something was missing. Something was happening. So Pastor Rodney called me. And I told you this on Sunday. Remember now, I never stepped foot in a river service in my life, ever. But I took my entire church up there on the first day of the stand. We all had our foundation church shirts on. There was about 120 of us there because 30 to 40% of the church left because we didn't close for COVID. So we all go up there. And I mean, I'm driving to Vegas. Remember now, this is a church that I was scared to death of 
would have said things like, well, yeah, they're lovely people, but I don't really agree with them. That's, and I'm taking my entire ministry, driving to Vegas and putting it all on black. Why not? As soon as, as soon as I get there, I'm sitting in my lawn chair. It was the first day of the stand. Remember, there's no umbrellas. It was like 500 degrees outside with that 500 degree temperature coming off the Astro turf. And I'm sitting there with my whole church around me and the service hasn't even started. They hadn't struck a chord yet. And I look to my left and somebody's convulsing in a chair and screaming. And I look to my right, someone's laughing. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> I'm like, and then I thought to myself, too late now. <laughs> I'll just kick back. It's all there, baby. All on black. Come on. Let's see what happens. I did what was very uncomfortable for me to do. I went to a church that scared me, that made me uncomfortable. I got under the wing. I'm now pastored by Rodney Howard Brown. And, that, and it was all uncomfortable. And all that it is, is a matter of getting into the flow of the Holy Ghost. Every, and listen, all this, he, and even when I was first there, I'm like, come on, drunk. Come on, Pastor. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on board. I've been touched by God, but, you know. And I would, you know why people don't get touched? It's because you're afraid you won't. You're sitting here, and you're like, I'm afraid I won't get touched. And what's happening around me, that's what, that throws all the Pentecostals off. They're afraid they won't get touched. So I just, I sit there, and I wait for opportunities of the Holy Ghost. And now hope has had to drive me home twice. <laughs> Things I didn't believe in two years ago. So two years ago, if you look at, what is it, June 3rd today, two years ago, June 3rd, we were about 200 people. Our average offering was, that's grow. We had grown at that point, back up to 200. Our offerings were three to $6,000 a week. The average was about $3,500 a week. Last week's offering was 62,000. Last week's attendance was a little over 900 in two years. So here's the choice that you can make tonight. You can continue on going the way that you're going, or you can go the opposite way and see what happens. Open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. All that I did was do the opposite of what I did for 16 years, and in a matter of a year, it all changed, and now two years galactically changed. I, was, I would be sitting in the old building, and I'd be like, how, how many people are here? Hope's like 500. I'm like, 500? And she's like, we need to, she would go me on, like, we need to have another service. We need to have another service. I'm like, nobody's going to fill these services. The first time I pulled in this building, I thought she had booked Pastor Rodney behind my back <laughs> or Jonathan. I'm like, why are all these people here? Tap into the Holy Spirit. If the fruit's not there, go the opposite direction of where you're going tonight and receive from God. That's how it, that's how it works. Amen. Well, this is amazing, really. And when I walked, because I called him up and said, look, I want to come see this building. So I just showed up and I walked around. And then when I saw your children's ministry, how it even had the same initials as the old church, <laughs> I thought, wow. <laughs> While you were making a stand, God was preparing a building for you. That's awesome. Love you. I want this young lady, I just met her right before the service. 
lady, come up here and just come share. She, I believe she's 10 years old. And she, her mother and father brought her up and wanted me to meet her. She got touched at the fire week for the youth. And um, so come up here. I want you to tell the people what happened to you. Just tell them. Hello, Foundation Church. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> so I was at the River Church and I was at the Fire Kids Conference and that's whenever it all changed because I was touched. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit touched her in a very powerful way. You gotta have those. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you know I was there and that my parents brought me there and I was able to press in and that I got to know the Holy Spirit and you know God really opened my eyes because for my whole life I was a Christian but I wasn't really standing on the word and accepting all that it, all that heaven had for me and as soon as God opened my eyes and took off the blindfolds. He revealed so much to me. And I was able to, um, like, you know, have the Holy Spirit live and dwell in me. And I'm just so thankful because God is good. <laughs> no. We, we've only got one night here. Would you recommend this to all the adults here? Would you recommend it? Yes. <laughs> yes. So what must they do to receive from the Lord tonight? Just press in and open your hearts up to the Lord and just ask him to remove anything, that any blindfolds that you may not even know you had. Like, I didn't even know that my eyes were closed until he opened them. So just ask him to open your eyes and just receive from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I mean, the hand of God, God bless you. The hand of the Lord is on her in a powerful way. 10 years old. Yeah. So that's what that's what's going to shake America. That's what's going to shake our schools, our primary schools, our high schools, and our university campuses. The power of the Holy Spirit, you know, because the kids are being exposed to drugs and alcohol and everything in between from the age of five, and now when we bring them into the presence of God, it all changes. It just I mean, she speaks very well and explains it was like blinders. So, you know, and I know that because I gave my life to the Lord when I was five and the Lord baptized me in the Holy Spirit when I was eight years old. And I saw my mother sitting in the living room laughing uncontrollably for three hours. I was probably only seven. I walked in and I looked at her and she was like drunk. 
And I'd never seen her like that. And she was just laughing. And I said to my dad, what's happening to mom? <laughs> you know, because I'd seen it in the service, but this is now we in our home. This is our home. And my dad said, Jesus is touching her. And I said, oh, wow, well, that's, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. And um, thank God for the Holy Spirit. That, that really has helped us through all of this craziness, which still hasn't ended, you know, if you know what they're planning and what they got in mind. But I'm here to tell you some good news yet tonight. They failed. And they've definitely failed here in Northport, yeah. this whole region. Um, what, what, I'm trying to work out what this is. It's, it's not Sarasota, it's like Jupiter. It's not <laughs> South, Sarasota. South Sarasota County. What's the coastal towns here? Venice, Venice, Venice. I was looking for Venice, Venice, South Venice. Venice, I thought there was in Italy, but anyway, Venice. <laughs> and so, uh, definitely the enemy has failed here. Yeah. And uh, thank God for Foundation Church and this man and his precious wife and daughter and the whole family and everything, what God's doing. So, we're just here to celebrate today, celebrate what God's doing here with this building. Amazing. And uh, I know this is only the beginning. Yeah. Only the beginning. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How many were able to make it up to the Unshakable Conference at least once? Okay. I know it's a long way to go. <laughs> I'm joking. But <laughs> driving the, these roads are some of the most horrendous roads, just navigating between here and Tampa, you know, I don't know what the story is. One of the things when the Lord spoke to me about unshakable is when you look at the church, in many ways, it got shook. I'm talking about the body of Christ as a whole. Major ministries closed, major churches shut their doors, and there are churches as of today that it still never opened up again, and will never open up again. People that just had multiple campuses, all of them closed, pastors that kind of morphed into, I don't know what they did, it was like a spiritual Dr. Fauci. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to, and what was so crazy about it, was people that I never thought would ever do it. I mean, people that I thought would make a stand, they caved. And then people that I never thought would stand, stood. Amazing. Now, when people ask me, you know, so, well, thank you so much for standing and you got arrested for keeping the church open. I said, really, we, we didn't even have a choice, to be totally frank with you. There was not an option, because I already knew what was coming. I already knew what was planned. We had spoken along these lines back in 2005 about the fact that George Bush was going to quarantine whole cities in America. I already had the pandemic flu preparedness kit that, the, that I got from the Department of Defense. 
And you know, I just only recently opened them up. It's all made in China. It all comes, no, it all comes from the Vancouver office in Washington. If you remember, they were the first people to get COVID. So what people don't realize, this was all set up on purpose to shut down the body of Christ, number one. And then number two, number two for population reduction. That's what they wanted to, that's what they still want to do. And of course, when they seize power, they, they are so power hungry, they don't want to give it up. But the people have had enough. And really, they are more that are with us than are with them. They just make out like they are in the majority, but they don't realize around the world, people have had it. They, they have had it and they're not, I mean, I just, we talk to people, I've been in 85 countries of the world, and there's people everywhere that just said, I'm done. We're done with all this. So whatever the next number of years is going to unveil to us in the natural, I believe it'll be upheaval and continued upheaval. But for the church, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be the most glorious time. And I'll tell you why. Because the church... The church is unshakable because we are founded on the Word of God, which is unshakable, and the gospel, which is un the true gospel, and the Word of God, the pure, unadulterated, non-GMO Word of God, are you with me, cannot be shaken. And so when we started the conference, which ran for eight days, the Lord said to me, people have been shaken off the very basics. And I was praying along those lines because a lot of people talk about, I mean, how many of you talk about the economy and the gas price and all that kind of stuff? How many people are all trying to get you to get an electric car so you don't spend the money on the gas? I'm going to drive my truck. I'm going to drive my truck. Because we come, my wife and I come from Southern Africa, and when we left South Africa years ago, we came here December 1987, we were paying more for gas a gallon than we are now in America at the current gas price. So all I know is gas has always been expensive. And the whole thing's a big scam anyway. Even if you got rid, even if you got rid of your gas guzzling machine, You'd save yourself a couple of thousand dollars a year. But you actually spent it in the refinancing of the new... Anyway. I mean, I can show you. It's all, it's all smoke and mirrors, folks. Do you think the Lord can't provide for you to give you the gasoline that you need to do whatever you need to do? Come on. So before I get in the message tonight, I want to talk just a little bit about God's economy, the way God, because everybody talks about the earth's economy. The, the earth has always been in upheaval. You go down through the years, if you read my history books, you'll see how they create problems and drive people to starvation. And I don't want to get into that there because some people don't understand how the world actually works and actually functions. But if you read those history books, you'll understand. We, we have a university, almost 500 students, so we've got to educate people. People don't understand what's actually going on. 
But I want to just come from God's Word. What does God's Word say? So I want you to take your Bible and go with me to the book of Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament. If you have the same Bible as me, page 1225, <laughs> which I always joke, say Malachi was actually an Italian prophet, Malachi. <laughs> he wasn't, but it sounds good anyway. The Lord <clears throat> said to me to tell the people, what about my agreement that I have with them concerning their provision? Because God has an agreement with you. God actually has a covenant with you. Now, let's, just, let's, read, this, let's read this together from Malachi chapter 3 and verse it's, I, love the whole, I love the whole book, but let's just read verse 6. For I'm the Lord, I do not change. That's why your sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you've turned aside from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. How will we return? Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, in what way did we rob and defraud you? You withheld your tithes and offerings. Now, just stop right there. The moment you mention that, everybody says, well, that's the Old Testament, and we don't know the, oh, we are in the New Covenant, and we don't have to. I tell people, look, Abraham paid tithes before the law even came into existence. And let's just say, for argument's sake, that tithing was under the law, then under the New Covenant, we should give everything. So... People, you know, when I start teaching, oh, I'm telling you that's, a, that's false doctrine or whatever. I said, look, shut up. I've been tithing since I was five years old, and I made a decision. I'm staying with it. I don't care who, whoever quits, and I'll explain to you why. I'll explain to you why I'm staying with this over whatever else they're trying to bring. Because the places that have come against us, they're the ones that closed. Are you with me? So, the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be also. Well, most people's treasure is on the earth, in the stock markets and in all kinds of nonsense. And, and then they get upset when everything tanks and they're worried about the investments and whatever. But they don't understand that God has another economy that you can function out of. And he goes, he says, yeah, you curse with a curse for you robbing me, even the whole nation. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income. So he only says one, t one tenth. God says one tenth. The rest you can live off. You, you, you keep the 90, give me, give me 10. I think that's like a fair deal. I mean, I don't know anything that's stronger than that. If I was God, I'd charge people everything. <laughs> Personally. But he says, bring it into the storehouse. So the storehouse is the place where you get fed the word of God. That's the local church. So everybody should be part of a local church. If you don't have a local church, I'm going to command you to find one. And get in there and stop hopping around like a bunch of grasshoppers. Listening to this, listening to that, listening to this, listening to that. Plug in and put your finances there and stay locked in and watch what God's going to do with your life. He says that there may be meat in my house, that there may be food in my house. What food is he talking about? Spiritual food. That means you come 
And every Sunday you get nourished. Every Sunday you're getting direction from the Lord. There are people go, I go to church, I tell you what, I don't get anything from it. Okay, well, how much do you put in? Oh, I don't give there. I wouldn't give there. <laughs> One person said, I don't trust the pastor. I said, oh. I said, then if you don't trust him with your money, why would you trust him with his doctrine? Hmm? That's, that's like going to go eat in a restaurant and somebody said they want you to pay. I don't pay here. I don't trust the chef. Well, you ate, didn't you? You got ketchup right there. Isn't that a to-go bag? <laughs> now watch this now. This is the only place in the entirety of the Word of God, and that's why I stick with it, because he says here, prove me by it, says the Lord of hosts. There's no other place in the entirety of the Scripture where God says, actually put me to the test. Go you look from Genesis to Revelation. No other place God says, okay. He says, I challenge you, put me to the test. You know, if God was a southerner, you'd say, I dare you. If, if he was from, you know, real south, he'd say, a double dog dare you. <laughs> Put me to the test and see if I won't open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there is no room to receive it. What? You mean for me coming to bring a tenth to the Lord? He says, I'm going to open a window, the ble heaven's blessings, and I'm going to pour you out blessings that there's no room to receive it. Amen. Then people ask you, how are you doing? I'm really suffering right now. Why? God's economy. What do you mean? I've got no room. I have no room. It's another day of blessing. It's another day of increase. He said, I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there is no room to receive it. No room. I prophesy of everybody, may you suffer from a no room to receive it. May the blessing of the Lord come upon your life. And maybe in Florida with the rain, we can understand the windows of heaven because when it rains, it rains. I'm telling you right now, you can walk 20 feet and be soaked. It's like a lake just gets picked up, taken above your head and dropped on your head. That's like the blessing of the Lord. He says, prove me now, you will say the Lord is host. See if I won't open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's no room to receive it. So the Lord said to me, remind the people of the covenant that I have with them in their finances so they stop worrying about what the television is saying and all oh, the economy and oh, if things are getting tight and my God, oh, what are we going to do? If you go back through history, if you go to early uh, the 1900s, there were groups of people that they were so blessed of God that they decided, they decided to live off 10% and give God the 90%. Yeah. Woolworth, 
Colgate, Letourneau, big earth-moving equipment, and there were many others. I think J.C. Penney was one of them. They were so blessed that they decided that, you know, I think our tithe is so big, we'll live off that and give God the 90. And when I heard that, because I studied American history, when I heard that, I said, Lord, do you think, do you think we'll ever see that again? And the Lord said to me years ago, he said, son, before I return, my people will be so blessed that they will do the exact same thing. They'll do the exact same thing. That's when the Lord spoke to us at the river. Of course, this is years ago with Kingdom Business Fellowship. How many people are in business right now? You have business, your own company, business. Wave your hand, wave your hand. So the Lord spoke to us to raise up 300 millionaires in the church for the funding of the harvest with the same goal, that the tithe was so big they live off the tithe, they'd give God the 90. Because we're going to see churches built, Bible schools built, missionaries sent to the far-flung corners of the globe, and there will be no lack. And the rest of the world is scratching their head, wonder how we do it. I don't know how they're doing it. My God, how, where, how do they get that? Because the people are blessed. The people of God are blessed. The people of God have been multiplied. The people of God are seeing the increase on every side. And I know there's some seniors here, and you think you're just going to take a quick retirement. But I, I got a feeling you're not going to retire like you thought you were. You're going to refire, <laughs> and you'll do more in a couple of hours a day than you did in 40, 50 hours a week when you were working flat out. And your life will be extended. Now, you know, I thought I'd get a better response. Maybe, maybe there's people, to, you know, Maybe you should buy the land next door and turn it into cemetery the way some people are just staring at me. What's going on here? No, if you don't respond, I'm watching you. Yeah, so somebody said, well, I'm old and whatever. Well, that doesn't mean that it's your exit sign right now. That means that God's going to take the ladder here of your life or two or three or four or five and make it like 40 years and cause you to flourish. Come on. Because they want it. Listen. All the lies were, if you were 65 and older, you were subject to dying from COVID. Isn't that right? And I try to tell people this all the time. The most productive time in your life, listen to me carefully. This is not from church. This is, doesn't come from some pew report or barn or whatever. This is a secular um, uh, study that they did. Your most productive years is from 60 to 70. Your second most productive years is 70 to 80. And your third most is 50 to 60. So what were they doing? They were riding off everybody from 50 to 80 to telling you, basically, well, I mean, 50, you're okay. But the moment you hit 60, then they were writing you off. They were going to get rid of the, of 20% of the most productive people on the planet by telling you you were going to die. You, you, you're going to exit soon. And I'm here to tell you, he said, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. And God is going to use you in a powerful way. So don't, don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Somebody said, yeah, but pastor, I'm, I'm like 49, 48, 45, 40 years old. You'll get there. <laughs> You'll get there. 
How many can see the lie that they've sold everybody? A total lie from hell. So, your life's not going to end until God says, and you're not leaving the planet till you're happy and done. Because he said, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. You're not dying suddenly with some bug. Hello? Listen to me. I need a little bit more response here because otherwise I'm getting a little nervous here. No. You're not dying suddenly. You're not dying with calamity. Are you listening to me? You're not dying screaming as you go over a cliff with 18 other people in a bus. You're going to leave the earth when you're done. And I saw that happen with my mom and my dad. My dad was 81, and we sang to him, and he, he was tapping away, and he went on to be with Jesus. My mom, she was going at 79, and I kept her alive until she was 90. Yeah. I helped her lose 100 pounds. I took off all medication and put on all natural stuff. And yeah, and she said... My mother said to me, the doctor says, if I do what you tell me, I'm going to die. I said, Mom, you're dying anyway. I said, I said, at least you can get to heaven and say, my son killed me. No. But, so I even put on natural blood thinner. I mean, I have, you know, I probably kept her five years too long because she wanted to go eventually. You know, there is a time when you want to leave the planet. And I knew my mother was ready to go. At the last Thanksgiving, she celebrated with us. We're sitting around. We've got all the kids, grandbabies, great-grandkids. They're all sitting around. And my mother looks at me. She says, I need to go home, back to my other house. No, she wasn't talking about heaven. I just need to go. I said, what do you mean, Mom? She said, I don't, re- I don't know anybody here. I said, <laughs> I said, Mom, they're all family. But that's when I knew. It, you know, you can push the thing beyond the limits. And she was pretty much done. She wanted out of here. And so, um, you know, we took her home. And I can still remember I took my brothers with me. We walked in. And she, you know, she said, look, I want to go home and be with the Lord. And she was mad because she wouldn't die. <laughs> you know, she was, she was upset because she wasn't dying. I said, Mom. I said, I just want you to know myself and the boys have come here. We... We're going to shoot a new movie called Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> and she, she was lying there. She wouldn't open her eyes because she was very weak at the time. She went like this. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, but I want to say to every person here that the enemy's lied to and told you that you were finished. You're not finished and you're not through. There's a work that God has for you. Are you with me? And then, and then God's got his own economy. He has his own economy. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There will be no room to receive it. And you guys tapped into it because you were in the other building. There was no room to receive the people. You were, you were jamming in there. I was praying for you for a building like crazy. I said, Lord, 
he's in overflow. He's got, he doesn't even, I don't even know where he's going to fit the next person in. And look here, I mean, Sunday mornings, you, you're packed on a Sunday morning. So basically, you're back to the same thing almost. Yeah. But what God is doing at Foundation Church, and I believe there's many seniors that God is going to give you a new mission from now until the time you leave the earth. As you hook into what God's doing here at Foundation Church, God's going to take it to another level. You will do more in the next five years than you have in the previous 50, 60 years. And you'll see that increase. You'll see that increase. We sing it up at the river, and you'll see the same thing here. So then he says, see if I not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's no room to receive it. Somebody said, I'm really struggling right now. Say this of me. I'm really struggling right now. There's no room to receive the blessings coming upon me from every side. The windows of heaven. I poured out upon me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I need more room. <laughs> then he doesn't stop there. He says, and I'll rebuke the devourer. Now you know why the devil hates this, because he, God says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. No wonder. The devil comes to people and, and, he, and he, he lies to them. Don't tithe. Don't tithe. Because the moment you do, boom, he gets shouted at. There, God begins to rebuke the devourer. God, it's not even that you have to rebuke. I, I see somebody, how are you doing? Well, I'm really just rebuking the devourer right now. The devourer came, he just attacked me, my fridge blew up. My dog committed suicide. My parrot's plucking out all of its feathers. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I opened the door. The fridge ran off. He says, I rebuke the devourer. For your sakes, he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither will your vine drop its fruit before the time of the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. It's powerful. So I proclaim over you the word of the Lord here tonight. This is not my word. This is what I've hung on from a little boy, and I'm sticking with it. Because I've looked at people that went the other way, said they took it, they tore it out of their Bible. They have a holy Bible full of holes. And I said, eh, eh, I'm, not, I'm not signing on to what you have. I believe the Word of God. If you want to divide it up and hack it to pieces because of some yahoo that has a part-time YouTube channel living in a basement with his mother attacking the Word of God, I got news for you. I'm going to stay with the Word of God. I don't care who comes and who goes. God's Word is true. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So say this again after me. I have a covenant with God in, my, in the financial realm. He told me if I bring a tenth of my income 
and I worship him. Then he would open the windows of heaven over my life and pour me out a blessing that there's no room to receive it. And right now, the windows of heaven are open above my life and heaven's rain is coming upon me. Blessings from every side that there is no room to receive it. And the devourer is rebuked. And I don't have to do a thing. I speak that over every business person, every single person, every young person, even the young lady, 10 years old. I speak it over their life. I speak it over your life, a single mom. Come on. I want all those. Just stand right now. Let me just speak this over you. Hallelujah. Come on. Glory to God. And then we give you an opportunity to sow seed tonight. Father, multiply your people here. Let them be a sign and a wonder. In a time when others experience a dearth or drought, they shall not be in drought. They shall be an oasis and a dry and a thirsty land, and your blessing shall be upon them. Blessed coming in and blessed going out, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Lord, and supernatural favor upon them. And everywhere they go, your favor. When they wake up in the morning, when others don't know what to do, they know what to do. Your Holy Spirit leads them. You guide them. You, you show them what's coming down the pike. They, they're ahead of the enemy on every side. And Lord, they're fruitful. They're multiplying. I pray that just like at the river north, that you're raising up millionaires right here in this church that are going to fund the end time harvest, that are going to get ready for what's coming, even in the additional expansion that will come right here at Foundation Church. All of what you're about to do, everything, and Lord, it'll be a sign and a wonder, and people will know in South Sarasota, God is moving by His Spirit in a powerful, powerful way. And we promise you, no matter how you bless your people, and of course, you have to tell the Lord this. No matter how you bless me, Lord, I promise you I'll never forget you and I'll serve you all the days of my life. And when, when people see your blessing on me, I'll always say, it's the Lord. It's God. It's the Lord. It's God. It's the Lord. It's God. Now, Father, I pray as we give them opportunity to sow seed, I pray that you multiply the seed. And let miracles be made manifest in their life, in their business, in their home, in their marriage, in their ministry. Whatever they put their hand to, we speak it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now just be seated for a moment. As you sow tonight, and obviously I tell people, give your tithe to your local church. But as you sow tonight... One of the things that we did that I never, ever thought that I would do, because how many of you ever seen us on television? You've caught something on television. I never wanted to go on television. Ever. So Bob DeAndre from Christian Television Network came to see me one December and said, you need to be on television. I said, I don't want to be on TV. He said, why? I said, because 
It's always a piece of the old rugged cross, water from the Jordan, oil from the Holy Land, or some life-size post of the preacher to put on a refrigerator. I can't do any of that stuff. Green prayer handkerchiefs and all of that. I said, that's nonsense. He said, well, obviously they believe in their message more than you believe in yours. And boy, I had a miserable December. <laughs> so it's really Bob DeAndre, and he's gone home to be the Lord. So when I realized that they were censoring us and they were shutting down YouTube and Facebook, which we've been able to protect that, not like some of my other friends who've <laughs> lost, but we've, we protected them for the gospel, I felt the Lord say, it's time now. So we bought satellite time that covers the globe. And um, do we have one of the newspapers here? Did, did they hand him? Bring me one of those papers. So what you're sowing into is going to help us with the broadcasting because, again, I'm still shocked that I'm even doing this. I never wanted to do it, but here we are because I realize they're going to try to shut the church down. So right on the back page, we, we now have satellites covering about 1.8 billion places, homes around the world. If, if I have friends that have television ministries, I never wanted to ever do this, but I realized they're going to shut the gospel down. I thought, they're not doing it. And so we cover the whole of the Caribbean, Central America, South America. We cover North America. We cover Canada. We cover on another network, uh, a satellite. We cover Europe. We cover Asia. We cover two satellites, cover the Middle East and, of course, Africa and then Australasia. We're also covering the Bahamas, and we're covering Dominican Republic. And then we're on Dish and Direct TV, we're on Z Living, we're on the Family Channel, and then we've got all these stations that we're on 24 hours a day across America, and that thing's growing all the time. So it lists everything. And I had to put it that way because I kept telling my own staff, listen, we're on around the world. And they all look at me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, they didn't realize but it is, it is huge. And you can shut down the internet, but you can't shut down a satellite. So I'm actually using the dinosaur media against them right now. Yeah. And the signals are going into places where they censor everything. We, we cover 850 million homes in Australasia. And we, we are live in Hong Kong right now. I mean, ridiculous. So, so I want you to pray. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Be a part together with RMI and what we're doing and reaching out, carrying the fire of revival, mobilizing people, and uh, then do exactly what God, God will speak amount to you. Just do what he tells you to do. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. So just ask him. Just pray right now. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? God will give you an amount and then be obedient to obey the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receptive even now to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you for a few minutes tonight about the Holy Spirit. One of the things that I realized the past two years is that many people who were ministers had very little understanding about the Holy Spirit. 
because uh, people have a tendency to think that the Holy Spirit is a language or a tongue or prophecy, and he's not. He's not any of those things. He's a person. So let's read these verses here, which are very important. I want you to go with me to John's Gospel, chapter 14. John 14. And I want to read um, verse 16. Jesus is speaking. He says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. So right there, immediately, we know that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. If you talk to many people, they've been without comfort, and they've been looking for comfort everywhere instead of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, first of all, he's omnipresent. That means there's not a place on the planet he isn't. He's omniscient. He knows everything, and he's omnipotent. So what do you have? You have omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere. You, you, you can't go anywhere that he isn't. He said, so Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. The young lady testified, she said, scales fell over her eyes. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit came upon her, suddenly she could see what she never saw before. And I told her, you're ahead of most adults, because they've never had that encounter with the Holy Spirit. So it's got nothing to do with, you know, why I've been serving God. Because I grew up in Pentecost. I heard people say, they would testify. I've been in the way for 40 years. I thought, as a kid, yeah, you've been in the way, boy. Have you blocked up the way? <laughs> I've been serving God. And you can always hear their, their voice changes, and they get really proud about it. I've been serving the Lord for many years. Because I'm talking about as a little kid in the 60s. So, you know, you go back. I've been in the way since 1945. I gave my life to Jesus in 1936. I, I got the Holy Ghost, 1936, yeah. And everything leaked out in 1937. <laughs> Jesus, the world, the world cannot receive him. I mean, Fauci doesn't know him. Fauci can't receive him. CNN doesn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Because they see him not, neither know him, but, but you know him because he dwells with you. He's with you now, but he's going to be in you. In other words, it's going to be a next level. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So the Holy Spirit wants to live big on the inside of every single person under the sound of my voice. And down through the centuries, down through the years, there have been men and women that have come into the realization of that and allowed the Spirit of God to come and take full control of their life. And they step into another dimension. They step out of the realm of the natural into the supernatural and everything changes. And then these are the individuals that end up writing history, which I believe there's a bunch of history writers here, history makers here, not people just sit and read it. 
You could tell, I think I'll just, I'll study history. I met people, I'm a student of revival. I thought, yeah, you, you studied, but you never got anything. You got nothing, man. You don't even have a drop. Well, I'm a student of revival. That can quote you everything that happened. Now, I thought, wouldn't it be great if you actually got it? Huh? I'm not only a student of revival. I got it. All right, then go with me to, to um, John chapter 15. John 15 and verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, Jesus, again speaking, whom I will send to you from the Father. So when you see the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, the Father sent the Son, and then the Son sent the Spirit. That's how it works. He said, when the comfort is come, whom I will send you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he will testify of me. So how do you know that the Holy Spirit's there? Because you're always going to be talking about Jesus. So any place where everybody talks about the Holy Spirit and you never hear about Jesus, something's wrong somewhere. Are you with me? Because that's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And if somebody's been touched by the Holy Spirit, all they're going to do is become a blabbermouth to tell everybody about Jesus. And they will embarrass you because they're drunk. They've been drinking the new wine, and they don't shut up. And you go, ooh, be quiet. These people might get offended, and you don't care. You're just like obnoxiously loud. Religious devils run. They hate it. All right. Then chapter 16. Chapter 16, and I want to read down verse 7. Jesus again speaking, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient or better for you that I go away. For if I go on away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. But when he's come, he reproved the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I've yet many things to send you. But you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will receive of mine and will show it unto you. Amen. And I could keep going just reading those passages. So I'm going to walk around and come down there because I never really spent much time up on a platform anyway. I like to come and walk around and mess with people. <laughs> so those words that I just read to you were the words of Jesus. He is the one that said that the Holy Spirit's going to come. This promise of the Holy Spirit is to every single person. Regardless of what country, nationality, language, how much money, you can't buy this. And yet today, people buy access to meet people. And if you can go, it's $1,000 a plate, and you can get to meet the person, get a picture. <laughs> 
Here we talk about the greatest in the universe, and you can have access, and it doesn't cost you anything. You just, you just prepare your heart, and it will come and fill you. Why does he want to fill you? So he can use you. Because the devil wants to fill you. How does he fill you? Drugs, alcohol, weed. Hello. He gets in altered states of mind under the influence. You ask people, why did you do that? I was drunk. Well, if, 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 why do you think they call it wine and spirits? Why? Hmm? Witches brew. Hmm? Somebody said, well, you don't believe in alcohol, do you? No. I get people delivered from alcohol. Why would I, why would I believe in it when I get people set free from alcohol? Why? Unbelievable. We, we weren't raised around. My dad, we had family members that come around and they bring some booze. My dad said, don't you bring that in the house. Yeah, bring that in you. You know, because people are going to hell. Are you with me? And we have a lot of problems with people with alcohol. We, we, I mean, not, not problems with them. We've got a lot of problems trying to get them free from it and then trying to get them to drink the new wine. When you drink the new wine, you don't wake up with a hangover. And you don't wake up next to some strange woman that you met at some club and then got married at an Elvis chapel. You bought her that $25 zirconium ring, and you married an Elvis saying, ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> Actually, I just read this now. In Vegas, they, they're closing all the Elvis chapels. Now they're closing them finally. You won't be able to. You're not going to be able to go get married there. I think it's something to do with royalties for the... But, you know, whatever. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit, a comforter, if you need comfort, why are so many people on medications today? Calm them down. They need comfort. They're seeing psychiatrists, you know. i got to go see a shrink. Go talk to me about my problems. I'm not saying people don't need counseling, but a lot of times they don't even know what the Bible says, and that's the problem with the church. The church has become a referral system. We can't help you. You really need to go get some help. I thought I could get help here. No, we can't handle you. First of all, they got some demons. And you start counseling devils, You'll get three of them and spend hours talking. You, you'll have a history book. Where are you from? Well, I, I'm from ancient Egypt. Oh, you are. How did you get inside that person? Well, they came visiting and they were in Cairo. Anyway, I'm, I'm joking here, but people pick up passengers. People become Ubers for the devil. The devil Ubers. 
I'm not even talking about Christians. I mean, look at the people. Look, look at the, all the nonsense being perpetrated by people under synthetic drugs. And really, I mean, I could go into the whole DARPA program and the CIA and you know, what they've been doing. But all these people just going crazy, mass shooting, killing. Who, who does that? No one in their right mind does that. There's no person in their right mind that would even think of doing that. But when you come under the influence of demon spirits, so men and women under the influence of demon spirits are wreaking havoc on humanity. And you look down through the centuries and you see that. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to see that most of the people in Washington, D.C. are full of devils. Yeah. You don't need Anybody with any, like even a smidgen of spiritual discernment can realize he got devil. I mean, I think the number one devil in D.C. is a lying devil. I think they just lie. They just make up stuff. It's called lying, make up crap, devil as you go along. <laughs> I have never in my life seen so many people that you think are intelligent just make up stuff. All right, so we don't have to go the world's way. Your comforter, your helper, your intercessor. That means he, even the Holy Spirit will help you to pray. Well, you don't know how to pray like you should. He will actually pray through you the perfect will of God. That's what tongues is all about. So I say, oh no, oh no, not tongues. <laughs> well... I mean, when you, when, when you listen to people in the world, they got their own tongue. It's blinkety-blank this and blinkety-blank that. Blink, blink, blank, blink, 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 beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That's their tongue they have. They speaking in tongues. What do you think that is? Hello. And all of, devil, all, all of the demonic realm is let loose in their life. So your intercessor, your strengthener, he's, the Holy Spirit's there to come and make you strong. Your standby, like a backup generator. I mean, when you suddenly, boom, it just kicks in. And people say, where did that come from? I don't know. I think the standby just switched on. Your teacher and your guide. And this is so much more than just a meeting. Because for many people in church, they only go to church Sunday morning, and then some only go to church twice a month, once a month. Are you with me? Yep. Well, the Holy Spirit's there with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yep. So I don't know about you, I need direction every day. Amen. Who needs direction every day? Amen. I need help every day. I need to be taught every day. I need comfort every day. <laughs> Are you with me? You say, why? Because I'm being bombarded from every side, and there's nothing like the Holy Ghost to come and comfort you. Amen. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and? Righteousness and peace and? 
in the Why on the day of Pentecost did the people think they were drunk? I'm asking you a question. Why did they think they were drunk? Yeah, early in the morning, but why did they think they were drunk? Was it because they were speaking in tongues? No, it couldn't have been because I've been in many churches and they were speaking in tongues and I never thought they were drunk. It was because it was overflowing. They, they, are you with me? I mean, a lot of places is like controlled. Like every just got to keep a decorum. Even if they speak in tongues, it's like, you know, whatever. I mean, I've never, I never thought they were drunk. There's a difference with a drunk person and a sober person. And there's a lot of sober people who say they have the Holy Spirit, but it's all controlled. It's all controlled. When the Holy Spirit takes over, he controls you. He said, out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. He didn't say, out of your innermost being will be a drop. It's a little drop. Bloop. What was that? Bloop. Bloop. He said, rivers. Rivers. Rivers of life. When somebody, and, and he'll tell you, being a uh, you know, dip, uh, deputy all the years, if somebody is swerving all over the road, what does that mean? Huh? Drunk. Car, you don't see cars all driving information say they're all drunk. It's the one, they're the ones that are drunk. And then when you pull them out of the car and make them walk the line, you know, you've got to touch their nose. What, what, what's the whole thing? You've got to touch your nose? Huh? And then you've got to walk. What is it? What, what do they have to do? Like this, like this in front of each other? Heel to toe, you have to touch heel to toe. Heel to toe? Yeah. Some people go like three steps and over. Okay. Somebody said, but in church, pastor, well, what, did, what happened on the day of Pentecost? Let's go. Let's go there. I'm only going to read scripture to you and ask questions. I'm here to read scripture and ask questions to you because you have to answer them. Hello. Jesus told them to go tarry at Jerusalem. So here we are, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. How did this get down here? <laughs> it was up there, and I left, and now it's here. What a church. This is amazing. All right. I was like, standing here looking at a miracle. My God. A miracle doesn't took place here. So when, when the day, I was surprised. I looked, how did that happen? Okay. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. That's why when the believers come together in one accord in one place, watch this. Suddenly, suddenly, 
there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared on them cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. So fire came upon each head. If that happened in many churches today, the deacons will run for a fire extinguisher and try to put the fire out. I'm talking about fire on the heads of each person. And they were all filled and began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. Now, if you go back to Acts 1 verse 8, he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And all this is important. I believe Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, you know, which some churches only celebrate once a year. Our church every day is Pentecost day. So it says here, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. When this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how here we every man in our tongue were, and we were born, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Rhodes, and Mesopotamia, in Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, in Asia, Pergam, Pamphylia, in Egypt, in parts of Libya, about Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, if you stop right there, People will say, well, the Holy Spirit, when he came that way, they were all speaking in languages. And that's why we know it's not the Holy Spirit today because people aren't speaking in languages. First of all, it was not natural languages. They were not speaking. These were, the, the people heard them in the language. They were speaking a heavenly language. There's a big difference if I was speaking a heavenly language and there were 10 people here that were foreign, I would give the message and all 10 of them would hear it in their own language without the translator. And that is what is supernatural about it. That's, I'm tired of people trying to bring a natural explanation to what's supernatural. They were not in modern language. They weren't speaking Italian, German, French, Dutch, and Swedish. They were speaking a heavenly language. The people heard them in their tongue. Why is it that people, especially even theologians, always got to change the word of God to say something that it never said? It never said they were speaking. It said they heard them speak in their language. That's a big difference. I might have told this story the last time I was here, which was only one time before, but everything runs together for me. But maybe I didn't. If I did, tell me. If I, if I didn't, great. You get to hear for the first time. But there was a missionary who felt like a total failure, and it spent many, many years in a remote village in northern India and came back to church. I believe the church was somewhere in Alabama, a little Pentecostal church, and it was a Sunday morning service. And a lady got up and gave a message in tongues, and it was so powerful that the pastor knew there should be interpreta uh, interpretation for it and said, I don't know what, who has interpretation. Somebody had better get up and give that. And they just sat, and they waited, and they waited, and nobody gave anything. And he said, listen, well, there was this little lady at the back 
who was weeping. And finally, she stood up and she said, there will not be a translation of that. That was God speaking to me. That lady got up and spoke in the dialect of the Indian village where I've just spent 38 years where there's no other American there. The language is very remote. And God spoke to me and said, you did not fail. Go back. I will give that to you, which I promised you all those years ago. So she heard the language. She heard the language of the people. But the lady just got up and gave a tongue. Everybody thought it was just a tongue. But it was a language, and God was speaking to her. And she went back and saw what God had promised. So these things are not natural. They're not natural. The people heard them speak. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. Because when the Holy Spirit begins to speak, he's always going to bring forth mysteries and the glory of God and how great God is and how wonderful God is. And of course, they were all amazed and went down saying one another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. They're full of new wine. They've been drinking. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this new, known to you and hearken to my words. Now, you can see the transformation in the life of Peter because he was the one that denied Jesus. Hold it. What are you talking about? How is suddenly he's the one getting up to speak? I would have said, Peter, hey, sit down. Be quiet. Thomas, you get up and talk. But God wanted to show the difference before and after. Before the Holy Spirit, you deny the Lord. You are ashamed. You are embarrassed. After the Holy Ghost, you bold. Are you with me? And you get up and do what God's called you to do. He said, these are not drunken as you suppose, but they're still drunk. But they're not drunken as you suppose, but they're still drunk. But not as you suppose, but they're still drunk. But not as you suppose, but they're still drunk. Seeing it is about the third hour of the day. But this is that. That what? This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit. Well, guess what? These are the last days, and God is still pouring out his spirit. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh means all flesh, because that's what all flesh means. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my servants, on my handmaidens, I pour in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I shall wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor, smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood. I tell you, the moon's been turned to blood so many times the last three years. <laughs> it just basically is a blood moon now. Okay, before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And then it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved, which we in that time of the great harvest before Jesus comes. Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves also know. So this was the early church, great power come upon 120 of them and then they went out and then it exploded to 3,000 and then 5,000 and here we're down 
to Foundation Church. All these years later, where God is still increasing and doing what he does by the power of his Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, as the young lady was testifying earlier about how the Spirit of God came upon her, and you saw her begin to weep, but really, she didn't know really how to express herself because you don't really know when the Spirit of God takes over. Basically, she got drunk. That's what happened to her. Come here. Come here quickly. She got drunk. Stand right here. Lift your hands. Fire! She got drunk. So, the power of God came on her. Somebody said, okay, so why does she have to do that? Well, I'm not asking anybody to do anything. If you want to just sit there and blink at me like a bullfrog in a hailstorm, I'm going to go ahead and blink at me. <laughs> you can get filled, but there's levels of being filled. If you fill the glass, you know there's levels of, of the glass being filled. And there's a lot of half-full people. God don't want you half. He wants you full to overflowing. Amen. And that's my job. That's what I do. Apart from wind souls going after the harvest, I have to get the church full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I know that irritates people. That's why I've been socially distanced for many years from some preachers. <laughs> They're afraid I'm going to wreck their church. Drink, drink. Put your hands on your dad and mom. Look, go ahead. Keep it, keep it, keep it on them. Hard to get the whole family drunk. No, no, don't pat her down. You've received. <laughs> Calm her down, pat her down. Go ahead and get it. Otherwise, I'm going to call you out. Fill to the top. To overflowing. Lord, let this family live under the influence. God wants to get his people under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit just flooding this place right now. Right now. Oh, yeah. Get him, Lord. 
<laughs> we have a few dry sponges here tonight. Get them, Lord, get them. Get them, get them, get them, Jesus. Fill them. Yes. Fill them, fill them, flood them to overflowing. Fill them up, Lord. Oh, yeah. She's going to be okay. Trust me, I'm a doctor. She's going to be fine. Come on, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to be a found. Somebody said it's noisy. Yeah, it was on the day of Pentecost. It was really noisy. People thought they were drunk. How many churches you go to, you don't think anybody's drunk. They just look sober to you. Look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. Preacher goes around and anoints them with vinegar. God's not bothered by the noise. I think she's on the floor. Somebody said, I'll lose my reputation. How come when you were in the world, you didn't care about losing your reputation? Somebody said, what will people think? Most people don't even think. This church is going to be known as a place of great joy, excessive joy. That means that people are going to be strong because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you know, things don't bother you like they normally used to. You become bold. Tell everybody about Jesus. You become givers. You, you buy the whole bar drinks. <laughs> drinks on the house. Do you know her? Do you know the lady? You don't know the lady? You don't know where she's come from? Amazing how people start disowning people, sorry. I don't know them. Never seen them. 
He said, the promise is unto you and to your children. This is for everybody. your head to the soles of your feet. Now somebody said, is that really necessary? Well, I'll tell you what, it's much better than sitting on the COVID facility. It's much better than having a swab stuck up your nostril. It's much better than, than wearing a mask. It's much better than having a Vax or another Vax or a booster. How come that's all intelligent, but this is craziness? Some said, well, you couldn't live like this already. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's not just there for once or twice a year. You know them. Because here's what happens in a meeting like this. God begins to heal people's hearts. Suddenly, depression goes. Goes. Suddenly, fear goes. Bondages go. Addictions go. And the beautiful thing about it, it doesn't know any nationality or it doesn't, even a language barrier. It doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit doesn't really care. I've been in 85 countries of the world. I was in Hong Kong. We had 13,000 people register. My interpreter was, I was very big at one time. He was bigger than me. He was the biggest Chinaman I ever seen. And he fell out. And I had no interpreter. <laughs> Not because no one else wouldn't interpret. They tried to, but they fell out. <laughs> so I just walked around for an hour and pointed at people and power God hit them. And they got baptized in the Holy Spirit and got joy. They, 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 had, they had joy. They got joy.
And I've had people try to tell me that, you know, when you go to that country, they're not going to receive because the culture is different. They told me about many countries. They said, when you go to Japan, the Japanese people are very stoic. They won't receive, you know, like in America. I said, oh, really? I went to, I went to Tokyo, 2,000 Japanese. The power gone hit the place. They took off running. I thought stoic. Yeah, it looked stoic to me. And when the joy hit them, they didn't laugh with an accent. The same with Korea, the same in Egypt. We went to Egypt. They said, oh, the, the Egyptian people, they, were, they carried them out. We had 3,000 people saved in Cairo. Don't let the people lie to you about what they think. Oh, we, we have to take this word. We have to make it suit the culture. No. No. I was in the north, in the Arctic, in the capital of, I mean, do you know how far north? We're just a couple of people living, some polar bears. That's where I was, and the power of God hit that place. And I started to chant in the heavenly language, and there's a little Eskimo lady, a little Inuit, and she went up to Pastor Raymond, she tapped him, she said, I don't normally do this, but Pastor's speaking in an ancient dialect of our language, and it's like a, it's like a call, like a war cry, Let's do it now. Come on, we can do it now. And it was all about souls and the harvest. And she said, Pastor, speaking the word of the Lord, she said, I, never, I wouldn't even come to you, but I have to tell you that. How do I learn? I don't know how to speak that language. But the Holy Ghost did. Can you say amen? amen. And they got joy. Only problem you're going to have, it'll melt your igloo at night. Hallelujah. I feel it all over this place right now. I feel, I feel like a Holy Ghost joy bubble about to explode over some people here. This is what Pastor Tom was afraid of. Because you never met anybody more serious than him. <laughs> and he is. I'm also serious. <laughs> I am. Very serious about what I do. I'm serious about the joy. <laughs> because without it, you won't make it. If you, if, you didn't ma if you made it through these last two years, you, I'm telling you what's planned in the next five years is diabolical. But the Lord will sustain his people and will carry his people. Yes. Yes. I mean, the scripture says, a destruction and famine, you shall laugh. Yes. Who, who's going to laugh at destruction and famine? 
only people that are drunk on the new wine of heaven. Foundation Church <laughs> will be known as a place of great joy, a place of great strength. Yes. Where people come here will get saved. I mean really saved. And they'll get set free. And they'll get delivered. And then they'll get full of the Holy Ghost. How many have noticed the change in pastor over the months? Yeah. I told him, I told him a few months ago, I said, I know you're on about some of the mega churches, but you are actually a mega church. So just remember this. You are one now. He said, oh no. I said, no, a church with a difference. How's that lady over there? Is she okay? <laughs> now maybe you're here tonight say, Pastor, I don't feel I don't feel like laughing, I just feel like weeping. It's fine. My wife wept for like six months. She did in the meetings before the joy hit her. We're not here telling you you've got to do one thing or the other. You've just got to let God touch you. Because people have so many things bottled up on the inside that the Holy Spirit wants to come and bring a release and set you free. The psalmist said he anoints your head with oil and your cup runs over. The power of God's real. The Holy Ghost is real. This lady right here, just step right over here. Lift your hands. Fire from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. It's actually not me doing anything to anybody. It's really the Lord touching people. I mean, you know, people get touched in their houses watching by television. 
and just say, Lord, if you're real, if you tell the Lord, Lord, you're real, come touch me. He'll come touch you. You think your hair's red right now, he'll flame. You, you, your hair will go on fire, I'm telling you. Because this is not a show or to see how many people we can knock out here. It's really holy. Are you with me? In a service like this, people will get healed. Just sitting in your seat, just get healed. I know, I know people get to the point where they go walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. It's like in the Bible, you know, walking and leaping and praising God. How do you calm that down? Now, here's the thing about the Holy Spirit, and you have to understand this. It's not about a manifestation. Some said, you mean I've got to come, I've got to stand there, lift my hands and fall in the ground. No. God can touch you in your house, in your, in your room. It's about letting the Holy Spirit come and having his, his work on the inside of you and doing what he needs to do. The Bible speaks about a heart that's hard, or a stony heart. In the book of Revelation, he talks about temperature, hot, lukewarm, or cold. So in the church, around the world, these Christians that are hot, they're on fire for God, but they have others that have become lukewarm. Lukewarm because of the storms of life that came against them. I know ministers that once floated the power of God today, they back right off. They just want to fly under the radar. They don't want the persecution. They don't want to be criticized. If you knew how many people say, I used to operate in the power of God years ago, but I have backed off. 
So here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He will never force himself on anybody. When you think about the tens of thousands that followed the ministry of Jesus, yet there was only 120 on the day of Pentecost. Why? Why? How do you have tens of thousands of people follow you and only 120 on the day of Pentecost? As I've studied this many, many, many times, personally, I feel that more people went to the upper room, but they couldn't wait. Because from the time Jesus ascended, there were 10-day wait because the Holy Spirit came on day 50, Jesus left on day 40. There was 10 days. That means 10 days they left. They left. But that 120 were with one accord. And then suddenly, boom, like that. Sorry, I said I didn't like that so you could realize how suddenly it was. <laughs> suddenly. It was like you flicking a switch. The power of God hit the place. And the rest is history. So it doesn't take thousands of people. It just takes 120. One accord one place, and then suddenly. Somebody said, how do I get in one accord? It's your heart. Not your head. It's your heart. And it's in surrender where you say, God, I want the fullness of your Holy Spirit. I want everything that you have for me. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what other people are going to say about me. And he will come, and he will do it if you let him. Before we pray, I just want everybody just to close your eyes across this room. I want to give an invitation tonight. If you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe you came here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. A friend brought you. But today, I want to ask you a question. If today was your last day on the earth and you breathed out your last breath, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stain. Tonight, the power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come in here one way, but you'll leave another way. Today, he calls you. Will you let him come and do that work in your life? Will you say, Jesus, come and be my Lord and be my Savior? He loves you. Today, he stands with arms wide open. He says, come. 
Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. He calls you. Will you surrender to him today? Will you say, yes, Lord, I come. Maybe you're sitting here or you're watching by way of the streams. You gave your life to the Lord in days gone by, but you've grown cold or lukewarm. You're not serving God like you should. You've allowed the things of the world to come in, and you've lost that first love. You've lost that joy, that peace. There was a time when you were radically on fire for God, but something happened. But today he said, I'm going to come. I'm going to take out the stony heart. I'm going to put in a heart of flesh, a new spirit I'm going to put within you. He will come and do that if you will let him. Maybe that hidden thing that no one knows, pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man, but today he wants to set you free. Will you let him do that? Will you let him do that? Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's outward. Others can see it. And they all know about it. And of course, then you feel, well, what's the use anyway? They all know. But God's a God of a second chance. God's a God of a new beginning. And he says, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come. He calls you. He loves you. He loves you. Maybe it's not hidden or outward as we describe. Maybe a storm. These past two years have been many storms. They come against people's lives. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that just knocked the wind out of your sails. But today you say, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm going to fall in love with Jesus all over again. And then maybe you're sitting here today, you're watching in your homes, and you say, Pastor, I love the Lord with all my heart, but I don't have the assurance that I'm a child of God. The devil always lies to me, telling me that I'm not saved. And today, I want to know. Today, I want to make sure. Today, I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. If this is you, and you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are without any hesitation whatsoever. Quickly, put your hand up and say, pray for me right now. Hands are going up all across this room. Quickly, hands are going up all across this room. I want all those with your hands in the air to stand. Stand, all those with your hands in the air. Stand, 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 stand. You raise it up. Stand, 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 stand. Just go ahead. There's others. God is speaking to you. Your heart is pounding away. Come on. Just, just stand right now and say, yes, pastor, that's me. I want everybody that's standing, if you'd look at me, please. I've had the privilege of doing this around the world, 85 countries for many years. 
And one thing I know for sure, if you mean business with God tonight, God means business with you tonight. I'm going to pray one prayer, one prayer fits all. You in your homes, I want you to pray with us as we pray with them. I want you to close your eyes, raise your right hand to heaven, and pray this together with me. Believe it in your heart and say with your mouth right now, say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. And use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this night on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now just lift those hands right now. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit. That on that day, not one of these standing here will be missing. I pray that you raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation. I thank you, Lord, on that day, every single one of them will hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And I take them now. And I place them into the hands of the mighty Holy Spirit right now, just like you came and covered me and took me as a boy. And you carried me all these years, even to this moment. I pray that you carry them. Let not one be lost. Let not one be lost. Now, Lord, I'm asking you if you would fill them with your Holy Spirit right now. Fill them to overflowing. Baptize them in the Holy Ghost. Put your power on them and in them. May the peace of God, may the joy of the Lord flood your life. 
to overflowing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm just looking at the faces of people. You can see God's doing a work in, in lives here. He's touching people in a powerful way here tonight. Every person is different. God's doing that work. Bondages are being broken right now. Addictions are being broken. Things of the past are being broken off of people. You're not leaving this place the same way you came. You're going to walk out of here changed, transformed, renewed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, just so you know, joy doesn't come from your head. It comes from your heart. The Bible says, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. How? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Fear is going off of people right now. Total fear is going. Fear, fear of tomorrow, fear of the future is broken. Totally broken right now. Totally broken. Totally broken. Totally broken. Worry. All worried to leave. All worry leaves right now. All worry goes. All confusion goes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now peace. The peace of heaven. The peace of heaven floods you even now. Peace. The peace of God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want you to look at me right now. How many of you prayed that prayer? You meant every word of what you said. Just wave your hand at me. Well, then God meant everything that he said that he would do. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As a servant of the Most High God, by the power of the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the Word of God, and by the awesome power of the Holy Spirit, I tell every one of you right now, your sins are forgiven you right now. Forgive it. Forgive it. Forgive it. Every one of you, forgive it. Somebody said, just like that? Yeah, what do you think this was going to be? How many of you just feel that peace? 
Wave your hand and you feel that peace. Who feels that joy? Now, Pastor Tom, just come up here quickly with me. Let me say that if you do, if you live in the area and you don't have a church, then I want to recommend this one to you right here. Because I happen to know this pastor. And this is important. And I'll get the man of God up here. And I'm not a person that recommends people going to some dead church. I just, you can't afford, we cannot afford to be around dead. We just can't. Because, because the plan is they want to shut things down again, lock things down again. And you know he ain't locking down. So, yeah, so. Just, and don't go yet because I've got a gift for every single one of you. And then I haven't finished praying. I know everybody leaves. It's a typical Sarasota thing. When you give an altar call, everybody thinks it's the end of the service. It's not. It's just the, it's just the end of this. But it's not the end of the service. Just talk to them a little bit about when you meet and whatever. And they need, people need to plug in and come be a part. Amen. It's all about the Word. And the one thing that I've discovered over the last two years and three months, I met Pastor Rodney in April, so it's year and two years and two months, is I had the Word. I was a Kenneth Hagin disciple, Word of Faith. But what I wasn't was open. If you want to go to a church where you know what the Holy Spirit is going to flow, Listen, this may sound really egotistical to some of you, but there isn't anything else out there. You got this church, and then you got to drive an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 17 minutes exactly from this location to the River Church in Tampa Bay. I'm telling you, we're in the same vein. If you can't go, then you're going to have to move to Pittsburgh and go to Revival today with Jonathan Shuttlesworth, with all the scary people who would never shut down, ever. Because the Word of God does not say run from things. The voice of the Spirit does not say things that are opposite of the Word of God. The voice of the Spirit, Pastor Rodney quoted this verse earlier, John chapter 16, verse 13, however, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. The modern church, think about this, the Holy Spirit is constrained. The Holy Spirit, the one who is sitting behind the veil, who according to Israel's tradition, they had to tie ropes to the priest's belts. And if they didn't perform the sacrificial offerings correctly, had to drag their dead bodies out. That Holy Spirit, he's not allowed to add to the word but we've seen over the last two years of 27 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, the entire body of Christ worldwide add to the word. The Holy Spirit can't, but the Christian can. Well, I can tell you right now, right here in Foundation Church, we're not adding to the word. We're not taking from the word. And what I have learned from being pastored over the last two years and two months is I'm not going to be a roadblock to the Holy Ghost either. Amen? Be here Sunday, 10 a.m. right here in this building. Amen. Love you all. God bless you.
So proud of all of you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.